All right, guys, we are live. It's episode 280 of the Shooter's Mindset. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Some technical difficulties. We're using YouTube here to go live. But, man, we had these guys waiting. We had a great pre-show, obviously. We could maybe a drink or two in. No big deal. Sure, maybe we got a co-host in the house, Jennifer Seymour, is joining us. What's going on, Jen? Hey, everybody. Greg Cannon's in the house working hard here. Hey, everyone. And we got a we got a, a panel full of spros and pros here. This is going to be a good episode here. Hopefully, hopefully you guys find it. We can get tuned in. If not, we'll always upload it to YouTube, Facebook, podcast. Everything will go um, in the next forty eight hours. But the direct of oh, founder, match director of the AG Cup, Tom Fillers in the house. What's going on, Tom? Hey man, what's going on? Hey everybody. It's good to have you on here. This is going to be a great show. Got a lot of questions here. Um, if you guys have the questions, I don't know where we're going to post them on the YouTube feed, but if you're watching on the YouTube feed, there might be some type of way you can get your comments in on the YouTube feed. Uh, other than that, we'll try to get them and get them out to the show live. Uh, Shooting USA, John Scoutland's in the house. What's going on, John? What's up, Anthony? Thank you for the intro. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Jennifer, for pulling this together, dude. It's not an easy operation, especially, first and foremost, organizing all nine of us to be in front of cameras and be in front of computers and have internet connections and all of the above, <laughs> but then work with the other side of the coin, which is Facebook slash YouTube slash however we get out there to the people. So I feel like you guys have done the yeoman's work and got us there. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. The, the, the winner of the, the annual AG cup, Jake Vibberts in the house. What's going on, Jake? That's what I'm talking about. Thanks for having me guys. Appreciate you guys. <laughs> yeah man it, you, I, you had got to be big man i like it i'm digging it once i heard about it man you got the fireworks going the big check you got your sponsors there the big cup man i'm digging it man that's a lot congratulations on that win thank you appreciate that and who else we got we got the king in the house robert brentley what's going on buddy what's happening dude glad to be here the King, we got an episode with him in the past here. I didn't do my research, but if you go in search the YouTube feed, you'll find it with Robert Brentley if you want to know what was going on with him. I don't know, maybe a year ago or so we did that. Who else we got in here? Uh, Tate, uh, Tate Streeter, what's going on, buddy? Oh, not much, man. Just trying to relax a little bit here and enjoy the show. You got enough golden bullets to make, make it through a match, right? Man, I had to borrow them, but, yeah, I got them. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> there go. I'm just trying. No matter how you got it. Yeah, no matter how you got it. Exactly. Uh, Brandon Umre is in the house. What's going on? I know I messed up that last name, but what's going it's on, Brandon? It's all good. Man, it's good. Just good to be here and, you know, a bunch of like-minded people. So, appreciate you guys hosting us. There we go. I think we got it. We got it going. I think I got everybody on the show. Show sponsors here, the folks over at GSL Technologies, all right? All your suppressor needs, tactical side, the big bore guns, your PRS guns, your pistols. Take a look at gsltechnologies.com, all right, if you're in that market for some. Um, let's kind of kick this one off here. For those who are from, unfamiliar with you guys, just go around. We'll start with Tom. Uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you guys kind of got into competitive shooting. Well, yeah, I, I'm Tom Fuller. own Armageddon Gear uh, started. We've been doing this about eight years, nine years. Uh, started AG Cup. We'll talk more about where that, how that came about later, but uh, – been involved in competitive shooting since, uh, I don't know, mid 2000s, um, three gun, all the NRA stuff, uh, pistol, uh, PRS, before PRS, a little bit of everything. So uh, 
just super proud to be a part of the PRS. It's, uh, it's, it's went higher than any sport we've got. And uh, that's what the AG Cup's all about, is trying to even continue to keep it going and going higher. So, anyway. John, what do, you, what do you got? No, Tom, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, you said tell us a little bit. I'm a spro, if you know what that is. Uh, look it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we shared the video on the shooter's mind. Said it's a semi-pro. The, the spro sounds cooler though, because if if you talk, hey, I'm a spro shooter. People are gonna think you're like top notch. Like you're probably the best there is, right? Super pro. Yeah. Super, Super pro. pro. Sexy pro. <laughs> there you go, John. Uh, I mean, man, if you if you guys haven't heard, obviously everybody's probably either heard his voice or seen him around either the shows or on TV somewhere, man. But tell us kind of where you kind of started in this industry we kind of I, I mean I kind of know it but give us something. so yeah it goes all the way back to 1993 when American Shooter was on ESPN so we're approaching 27 years and at that time I was 19 years old fresh out of high school carrying bags full of batteries and tapes and that's worked its way all the way through you know associate producer into producer 2006 I got in front of the camera and right around 2007 2008 we thought it would be a good idea to start participating in some of these shooting sports that we cover for shooting USA and give the audience the understanding that you don't have to be the best in the world to go out and enjoy any of these competitions in any of these disciplines and that's sort of where my role took uh, kind of it, it stayed producer it stayed host if you will but it also kind of transitioned into somebody who at a club level bc level participates in some of these shooting sports and the one that hooked me deeper than any of them in 2014 is uh, precision rifle competition uh, i was with tom as an amateur in 2014 at the gap grind and from there it was like dude this is all i want to do and as the tide has risen with precision competition, the numbers of people, the numbers of people that attend the gap grind, especially we've showcased that on shooting USA and we've moved on from there and showed some of the more challenging matches and to create the coverage specifically for what essentially represents the Super Bowl, if you will, of precision rifle competition, the best 20 guys, shooting it out for the best cash prize. And uh, that's what we've done this year with the AG Cup. Yeah, man, you still got that, you got kind of carried on that legendary voice of, uh, of, yeah, the, of the show. I mean, there you go. I got a long way to go before yeah. I fill those shoes. Jim Scouting has done a lot of scotch drinking. He's a scotch man. I particularly <laughs> choose the bourbon and or the Tennessee whiskey. But, uh, you know, Marlboro Lights have done a lot of work on that man's pipe. So. <laughs> I can do a good impression. The best Jim Scouting impression I've ever heard came from the immortal Tom Knapp. So I won't try to defile that, but, <laughs> but I go. appreciate it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Jake, man, tell us a little bit. How'd you get into this, man? You won the big cup. What got you going? I did. Yeah. You know, I started about 2012, 2013, started shooting quite a bit. Uh, you know, went from, uh, you know, basically all the matches over here, all the local matches, all the one-day matches. Um, I started selling steel targets is kind of how I got into it. So my dad and I were looking for a target, and we wanted to, to get something to shoot out on the ranch and the farm. 
uh, over in Western Washington. And I started to get into long range shooting, long range hunting. Uh, it kind of escalated quickly. So I've been fortunate to, to shoot quite a bit of matches every year since about 2014 um, and have my fair share of wins and, and accomplishments and just uh, super blessed to do what I do and, and, you know, shoot as much as I do. Um, there we go. Tate, man, what do you got? Where you, where you start from? Man, I started just like any other country boy shooting. You know, dad grew me up or raised me up, you know, shooting around the woods, shooting squirrels. And sometime around 2013, um, through searching on uh, longrangehunting.com, trying to figure it out, I um, actually came across Rick Reeves' name, and he had a gun club at the time, and they did uh, clay pigeon shoots and talked to my dad. And dad and actually worked with him. They worked in the same company but a different area. And I got a hold of Rick, and I was, I was in – senior year of college at that time, so I didn't really have money. So I pieced together a rifle and and uh, I went about two years, um, heard about the PRS, got on Precision Rifle Blog, read all the cool stuff and what all the pros were using and uh, started in early 14 and you know the rest is history. So I've been hard at it ever since. Boom, there we go. Uh, Brandon, what you got, buddy? Man, I probably started 2012 or so shooting long range. Um, how that kind of initially started was, I missed the biggest eight pointer of my life with a bow and I decided I was going to shoot him from afar. <laughs> so put down the bows and picked up rifles and kind of taught myself just, you know, basically over, over the internet and stuff like that, you know, long range shooting.com and sniper side and a few others, but um, basically just took it there and, and just, you know, went and shot my first local match and uh, placed third in it. And it was just kind of game on from there. So, man, you just, it's almost like a brotherhood, so it's almost like a family reunion every time you go to a match. So uh, we've got to know a lot of these guys across the country and stuff like that and still meet you guys every day. So, man, it's it's good to always get out and shoot matches with people across the country, you know, knowing that, you know, you may have a chance to, you know, shoot against somebody you, you have never met but could be some of the best shooters in the country. Um, there we go, man. I just wanted to remind people here we're doing the new thing on the YouTube. You can join the conversation and still get in your live questions on the live YouTube feed. Head over there. If you got any, throw them in there. We'll get it. Jen, what do you have? You had some lined up yourself, right? Uh, Yeah. Let's see. Let me go back to that. I'm on like three different screens. Yeah, I know. We're still sharing the so, show. I know. Sorry. Trying to get everything going. So, Tom, how – this whole AG cup was something totally different. How did you come up with the idea? Was it something that kind of transformed over time or was it like you just woke up one morning and said, I'm going to do this. What was your goal for the match? Like kind of tell us about the, how the match came about and how you chose the competitors for it this year. Okay. Um, I've, I've been a part of the, of the precision rifle matches for a long time and has supported them in a lot of different ways to include Armageddon gear for the last seven or eight years. And I've never had a match. I've never had a match that was Armageddon gear, title sponsor, anything. And a lot of match directors reached out and said, hey, man, we'd love for you to be the title sponsor for our match. But I thought, well, if I do a match and Armageddon gear's name's on it, I, I want it to be something different. And that's just kind of been in my head for a long time. It was probably three years ago that me and John Scouton talked about this. And I said, dude, I just want it to be bigger, better somehow. I don't know what that means. And maybe that's just a little bit of 
narcissism or, you know, just like pride for my company that I wanted to do it different and bigger and better. But it is something I've talked about for, for a while. And I just wanted to be different. And, and as different, I wanted it to somehow be better. And I had a lot of ideas about it. And then I kind of settled on, well, what if we just gave away a lot of money? Who's in the background? Well, yeah, there we go. There, Tom. Uh, yeah, okay. So anyway, um, I, I just, I was like, you know, what if we just, try to give away a lot of money. This sport has gotten so big. And over the last few years, you can see some of the guys that used to be really, really good at this, like guys that were always winning that kind of slowly started not showing up as much anymore. And I, I actually talked to a couple of them. They're like, well, there's, you go to a match, you show up, you win. What else, what else is there? You know? And I'm like, wow, there, there really does need to be something else. And we can all think of some people that we shot with over the last few years that aren't around anymore. That are wonderful shooters. Um, and so really how I got it done, John told me, he said, man, if you can pull that off, we will, we'll make a show out of it because that'll be awesome. And, uh, and to pull it off though, I mean, as you know, doing a, it wasn't just a match, it was an event. And we fed, you know, 90 people, 60 people, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for three days. We housed people. We had a TV crew coming in, and we ran a match. And, and uh, Brandon's wife, Christy, uh, no, we shoot together, known her well. I said, hey, look, if, uh, if you've got time to do this, if you'll work for me and put this match together, we're going to do it because great ideas are one thing, but if you don't have the, if you don't have the bandwidth to pull it off, it doesn't matter. And she, she's like, I can do it. And she did, man. She did it great. We'll talk more about how it pulled off later, but she did a yeah. wonderful job and like she pushed me to make it happen and it did happen yeah. well. I was I I mean, I remember we were having a show where we're talking about like we were we were definitely missing matches like this. Where, you know, it you got a you got a big cash winnings or you know what I mean, I know the sponsors really gotta come together to make an event like this happen too. Um, but you know, I looked at other games, you know, I knew I knew we had a guest on here, she did archery professional. I mean, the, the winnings for winning that match were like, I'm like, how can't, why can't we get this going in the shooting world? You know, the checks that these people were pulling off in other games, I was like, I never, you know what I mean? We just need this. And it seems like, I mean, there's been some other organizations that kind of trickled in and had events like this that were great. I mean, this kind of trickled off a little bit also, but we had the AG Cup, man. And I was like, okay, it's another match. And then Jen was telling me about it. No, you get, it's, it's not that, you're, you know, the, look at the prizes, look what you get. I'm like, man, that's awesome. And not only that, I think it, it entices some from other people from other games to really come into the PRS style competitions and really try to win something good. Yeah, man, this is an event. Yes. But what, you know, and part of Jen's question was, what do you, what is it, where's this going? What do you want to happen with this thing? Uh, and, and, I, and I think we're already seeing it happen a little bit. I'm seeing just matches in general that are now saying, hey, we're going to give away some money to the top finishers. And that's starting to come out. And that's what I wanted because I don't want this to be just an event. I don't want the AG Cup to be a, an event. I want the AG Cup to be part of a, a, a layer of this sport that where people are coming and competing and winning big money and not just at this event, but in a whole nother layer. And that keeps growing, growing it, you know, growing the top because, you know, this sport is very broad. I mean, there's a lot of, a uh, lot of, 
one day match shooters, a lot of guys coming into the sport every day as, you know, as, as evidenced by, you know, sales of companies like Armageddon Gear. And, and I know Tate's selling a lot of actions and Manners is selling a lot of uh, stocks and, and everybody's doing great. But uh, how do we keep the guys that's been doing this for years and are the top guys in the sport? What, what, what's aspirational for them? And that's what we set out to do. And it worked. And, and you said, you mentioned sponsors, man. I mean, I, I said, man, if we can get a handful of sponsors on board, that'll pay money instead of uh, just throw some stuff on the prize table, this thing can go off great. And man, it was amazing how these guys came out of the woodwork and already hitting us up for next year on it. So next year is going to be good too. And I know we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we're going to hit some live here before it gets out of control. What do we have, Greg, Jen, you have? Uh, well, Corey, he says, whoa, tater tot, looking like a pro gamer, but he wants to know how long on the wrong-handed actions. And we've had left-handed actions in stock for a long time. I actually saw the last lefty today, but I probably had him in stock for 60 days. So he, so he was late on the draw, it looks like. Watch the side. <laughs> yeah. Anything else, Bob? That's about it right now. If you want to ask anything live, you can just comment on the YouTube uh, underneath the video, and I'll pull those questions off. There we go, Greg. You got anything on your own, bud? Just Greg, unmute yourself. Greg disappeared. Oh, he disappeared? I think he said there weren't any. There Where we go. Working? There we go. All right. Uh, John, what are the what are the challenges of producing a TV show at a live match? I know I've tried doing it even just going from my phone, let alone having a full production crew there. And usually the range Wi-Fi, as you will, is a little shaky out in the woods. This particular event had a couple of challenges involved, but the first thing I want to touch on is the thing that we talked about just a moment ago. Tom led us into it, and that is the money prize. There was money from sponsors that covered stage money, so individual stages were sponsored by sponsors. The 20 grand that went in the cup that ultimately went in Jake's pocket, that came from 19 other competitors that joined up for this match. And that was part of the mindset that Tom and I approached going into this thing, which is everyone understands what it feels like to pull a thousand dollars out of your bank account and put it down mm -hmm. in the front and say, I'm good enough to do this. Everybody also knows what $20,000 in cash can possibly do, can mean in terms of life and can mean in terms of things like that. I took the model away from the guys that do the show on Discovery Channel called Street Outlaws, the drag racing show. You know, I love that show from the standpoint that I love fast cars. I'll never own a pro mod car. I'll never go to Oklahoma or Texas or any of these places, Memphis, where they race these cars and do any of that. But I know a cool ass car and I know what a stack of cash does in terms of an exciting thing to see as a transient viewer. So Tom and I, as we were talking through this, thought, what does it look like if we have 20 grand in cash that, you know, is amassed by the 20 guys who came to this match? And that, I think, translates to somebody, especially somebody who likes precision rifle competition, but it also translates to people who don't necessarily know anything about long range shooting. They just like the idea of competition and at the end, I'm going to see somebody lift a cup up and they're going to pull 20 grand in cash out of it, which ultimately Jake does. The other side of the coin is how do I pull that off and get it to the viewers? And that's the root of your question that got me talking. 
what are the challenges involved in putting something like this together? And frankly, it's nothing like anything we've done before. We go to national and world level shooting competitions of all descriptions, including precision rifle competition. But in those, I can handicap it and say, all right, I know this guy is relevant to the story and these guys aren't anymore. And because of that, I basically, I focus my cameraman and I say, look, we don't need these dudes. We need these guys, or I need these handful of guys. In this case, because of this format where each stage has a thousand dollars at stake and each stage has X number of points at stake, which ultimately leads to the overall winner who's going to claim 20 grand. Any one of these 20 guys can jump up at any time and take a stage win. And if I don't have that on camera, I don't have the story of that stage. So we filmed every single shot that went downrange on every course of fire that we filmed. Now, Within that statement, there are 20 courses of fire in this match plus two side events. We didn't film all 20 courses of fire, but we filmed the majority of them, if you will. And that was a bigger project than I've ever undertaken. It was a greater impact in terms of time on the range, in terms of battery life, in terms of memory card life. Every night at the event, I was wiping memory cards because they had to be cleared for the next day. I mean, this was uncharted territory for me. And I was saying, halfway through the first day, it's like, this is what I get for talking to a man of action like Tom Fuller and saying, you do it and I'll do it because it was one of those things. It's like, you're out of the nest now, baby bird. You tied on with somebody who's going to drive forward. And if you're not ready to drive forward at his pace, you're going to be left in the dust and you're going to look like a fool. We pulled it off. And it, uh, in terms of a television show and in terms of a shooting USA special, this is, this is like nothing we've ever done before. And I'm super excited to show people. That sounds awesome. Do you think maybe we could see a little teaser of this tonight at some point in time? We actually, we actually, Greg, as you know, Anthony and Jennifer, we talked about this earlier today. We put together and I walked into one of the edit bays and talked to one of my guys and he wasn't real keen on it because we're running close to the end of the year deadline and all of the things that have to happen. But I was like, listen, Put me an in point and an out point on your timeline and what you're working on. Drag that off the timeline and give it to me in an MP4 so I can share it tonight. And it's rough, but yeah, we can look at that later on. And that will give you an idea of where I was taking the direction of the first segment of this show, which is meet these guys, hear a little bit about them before you just hear their name and see over their shoulder as they shoot a course of fire, which is what you typically see when it comes to any of these events, you don't really get a feel for who these people are, what their mindset is, especially in some cases, what their equipment amounts to and so on. So we made, I mean, we spent an entire day as Christy knows, uh, she coordinated it for me and she had everybody down to the minute when they would show up and sit down for the interviews. But we spent an entire day talking with all 20 of these competitors about their particular equipment and getting all of the pieces needed to do that part of the television piece of this story. So y'all talked about the match and this is a very different match. Everything about this match was very different. So for Jake and Tate and Brandon and Robert, um, you know, maybe take turns and hitting on this, but how was this match different as a competitor for you to shoot it? Like there's money on the line, you had to put a hefty entry fee on. And so, you know, 
you had money on the line, there's a big payout at the end for someone, and there's a camera in your face that's going to be on live TV if you, you know, zero a stage or anything, not that any of you would do that, but if you zero to stage, you've got a camera in your face watching it the whole time. Like, what did that do to your, did it rattle you? What kind of pressure did that put on you? Did you, did you game it differently? Was your mindset different? Tell us a little bit about all that. Robert, let's take it, then we'll go to Jake. So for me, I didn't treat it like – I didn't treat it differently than any other match. Went there with the same mindset, uh, just going to run my course and see how I did. Uh, didn't really train any differently. Nothing was different other than I brought a different gun. But what was different is when I showed up, I had – E. coli, food poisoning, God knows who, what. So I just, I was deathly sick the entire match. And if there, if there was any other match, I probably would have quit and went home. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to roll up. I'm going to see how I do. First stage, I won my thousand bucks back. So I was like, all right, let's, let's roll with it. Try not to puke on camera. See how we do. That was my match. Did you catch any of that, John? (laughs) Look, y'all, he looked like a zombie rolling up, like vomit on his shirt and cleaned the first stage. It's like, yeah. holy cow. Yeah, you got to be feeling good to get your 1000 bucks match fee back on a first stage of the day. Called a lot of Pepto. Yeah. I can speak to that. He was, he was white and pale as a ghost, and the video shows it so much so that Tom and I actually make mention of it at the beginning of the coverage. I mean, he quite literally looked like he needed life support. And uh, it, it, I want to give a shout out to Dan Jerichy, my new Pepto Bismol sponsor. And uh, without that dude, I don't know where I'd be right now. And also, uh, the Truett for bringing me uh, Tums to the match going to town. So much love to them people. Yeah, the Pepto has gotten me through sometimes, man. You got to love that. Uh, Jake, man, what do you got, man? You won it. What was your kind of mindset going in? Did you do anything different for this match? I didn't do much different uh, for this particular match. I did train uh, quite a bit. You know, some of my training regimen is going to be things like a tape turret drill, a 10-second drill. And, you know, these are drills that help me get ready for a match. So, uh, you know, typically if a match is on a Saturday or Sunday, uh, this one ended up being, um, you know, different timeline. But a couple days before the match, you're going to go, you're going to train. I'm going to focus on a couple things that I think I need to work on. Uh, Those things are going to help me you know, really excel at the match itself. And so my tape turret drill that focuses, um, you know, all my attention on seeing bullet trace, it focuses all my attention on seeing where the bullet lands. And so that's why I do that drill. And then I, I kind of roll into a 10 second drill where I have a timer on my hip and I'm just going to take one shot. And I want that one shot to be in that 10 second range, um, you know, kind of from that nine to 10, nine to 11 range. And this is over barricades, over tank traps, over rooftops, over whatever. Um, what that's going to do is it's going to kind of get me into the mindset of, uh, you know, performing well at a match. And so, you know, for this match, I did all those kind of things. I had a little bit of a, a different challenge where I was running a PRS match uh, two days after the AG Cup. So I was literally setting up my match before I went straight to the airport. I flew, um, you know, down to Atlanta. I got in Atlanta. We did the AG Cup and I flew straight back to my match to finish setting up. So it was a little bit of a different challenge for me. Um, but, you know, obviously it all, it all worked out really well. Uh, you know, for the pressure, I really like the pressure. I mean, I love it. I love, you know, putting your money where your mouth is and seeing, you know, seeing what happens. 
uh, I knew going into it that there was going to be some, some challenges, some stages, because every stage was $1,000 uh, cash payback. And so my, my initial mindset was I'm just going to play my game. Um, you know, I feel that I'm pretty consistent so I can, you know, take advantage of my consistency over an entire match. And, you know, what you'll notice is you'll notice that there was some stages, some people had some big highs and some big lows. Um, and you notice that maybe they had a really fast time. Uh, you check out all the, you know, all the score sheets and what you're going to notice is, um, even though I finished in first, I was, I was by far the slowest shooter there at the match and, and I got the least amount of rounds down range. Uh, so I, so I just needed to make sure that all my rounds counted and make sure that when I am going to pull the trigger, it's exactly where I want to pull it. So, um, you know, just, you know, great match. Uh, it's probably one of the best formats that, that I've been a part of where, uh, every stage was just, uh, just a butt whooper. Uh, literally it was a butt whooper and I really enjoyed that. If you're going to bring the top level shooters for, uh, you know, for a match, no matter what kind of match it is, a championship, a finale, whatever, it should be a tough match. You know, all those guys have worked hard all year long. There shouldn't be many cleans. And there was stage after stage after stage where nobody cleaned it. And that's the sign of a really tough, uh, you know, grueling match. So who, who can keep their head in it? Who can stay in the match and, and you know, really focus on it and grind through that? Uh, man, it was just a ton of fun. So I'm looking forward to next year. Yeah, keeping your head in, that can really mess with you because you're probably used to cleaning something. You're used to feeling good out there. Man, you speak to some of these top competitors, even in the pistol game, they throw a delta or they throw a mic, and you can see the frustration come in their head. They, some of them handle it better than the others, but that can definitely throw your, your game off for the rest of the match. Uh, Brandon, what's your thoughts on the AG Cup and how did you perform? Man, the AG Cup was, was pretty epic, you know, to say the least, you know, be able to compete and be considered to be in the – the top 20 in the country and, and run with those guys. So, you know, hats off to Tom for the idea and the whole nine yards. Um, you know, also to my wife who helped Tom run it. Um, she put in a ton of work to make this, make this happen and keep him on, on track to, to make it happen and, and bring everything to, to fruition. So, um, man, I had a train wreck, like right off the bat, uh, Scope went down very first round. I sent. I was like a half mil right in the no wind condition. It was a, it was pretty rough from there. But I just stayed with it, man, and didn't let it get to me too bad. And I think it was my third, my second or third stage. I won a stage, and so I just, you know, kept grinding it out. But it was, you know, man, when you start down, start down off the bat like that, it's it's pretty tough to stay positive throughout the whole thing. But man, all in all, the match itself was epic. Um, Tom set the bar, you know, pretty much when you walk in, you know, to register for the match, when you, you know, sign in and get your swag bag, you have your own swag bag with your name embroidered on the bag with all the swag in it and stuff like that, man. It was, that kind of set the bar and the tone for everything and all the food, the prep, uh, the whole course of fire was, man, it was, it was challenging to say the least. So, man, hats off to Tom for, for you know, the idea and, and bringing this to light uh, for for some of the veteran guys to, to bring that top tier up a little bit more. So, man, it was hopefully, you know, everything runs right and I get a, get in it again next year. Tate, man, how'd you do at the match? Man, these checks behind everybody, they look a little bit better than trophies to me. I'm digging the checks, man. I'm liking it. 
What do you got? Man, uh, I set out at AG Cup just like everybody else. I talked to some buddies that were going and, and what's your game plan going to be. Um, I started I started feeling like I was going to go like Jake and just do my game and try to hit a bunch of targets. And if a stage went south, you can go for, go for stage wins. But typically a pretty fast shooter. So, um, I kind of talked to everybody and nobody was going for stage wins. So I, I made up my mind on the way down there I was going to go for stage wins and kind of figured the stages would be a little bit easier than what they – what they were, like Jake said, there were stages that nobody cleaned. I, mean, I, I can remember a couple of stages, somebody, you know, dropped one or two and, and still won the money. Um, so I started out on stage one with a, with a fast run. And really, to be honest, I didn't think anybody was going to touch my time. And uh, I get down and Austin Regain beat me by like 0.46 seconds. And he hadn't dialed and I dialed five times. And I was like, golly, you know, that's a bad start. But go to the next stage, it's a pretty easy stage. And I think Tom did this on purpose. Two of our easiest stages were our first two stages, and uh, we Warm didn't. Up stages. Yeah, we didn't talk throughout the match, so you didn't really know what everybody else was doing. You didn't watch them shooting, so um, you know, with the first two stages, you know what I would consider easy cleans. If you're not worried about shooting fast, it kind of got me like I'm in there out game playing. So this is kind of in my element. Um, man, it went downhill from there. I I kept up trying to do the fast pace and dropping points and. About six or seven stages in, I thought, man, I'm kind of. We kind of finally started talking a little bit, and um, I noticed that I was kind of hanging in there with a couple of guys. And, uh, and I think I'm just going to spot my game plan and try to salvage a match because you know a clean run is probably going to win a stage. So I swapped. I swapped gears about stage eight on day one, but man, it it was really fun. Uh, Tom did a really good job of um, you know making that match feel like you were on the next level and, and important. Um, you know, John and all his guys, man, it was pretty, pretty impressive how they operated. Um, you know, it was just a good feeling being there. Yeah, I like the format that, you know, stage wins are getting you cash prizes too because if you bosh a couple, whatever, you, you know what I mean? Usually you can, you can put it together for a couple stages and, you know, you, and you kind of did that strategy and kind of you probably came out pretty well. So, you know, I'm always known to win a stage or two, but then – all together, I kind of don't, don't, you know, don't come together because I, it, all, you know, everybody has an excuse, but just winning a couple stages would have made, made a good day for some folks. You know what I mean? Right. Greg, uh, I mean, you, you just put on your first uh, match. I know, I know it's probably not at the level of the AG cup, of course, but what were some of the hurdles and talk about your match that you had to go? Okay. Um, so we don't have a whole lot local to us. Um, that's why both Jen and I, when we got into Precision Rifle, it was like, all right, well, we could go to this two-day pro series match five hours away. Okay, cool. Let's do that. Um, so I started a little NRL 22 match here at our local club. We got a 100-yard range out there. Um, all sorts of little things you don't think of. Obviously, it's nothing compared to running a, you know, a two-day 20-stage match or something like that. Um, but there's lots of little things you don't think about, like, you know, oh yeah, I have this target stand, but the terrain of the range means I have to raise this target up an extra three feet over what I was expecting to and got to build stuff at the last minute. Um, but it was definitely uh, a lot more work goes into it, but it was super rewarding at the end after all the shooters were, you know, done shooting and just coming up to me and thanking me for doing it and saying they can't wait till the next one. It was a, it was a really good feeling. I, I'm digging it, man. Congrats on the first match. Do we have any live? I have well, none. George wants to know if anybody was shooting A-tips. 
wants to know how many of the guys were shooting a tips. Um, I was I was shooting a tips. That's I was right. shooting a tips all year. There we go. So, lots of a tips. Mm -hmm. Yep, I've been shooting a tips all year as well. So it's been a pretty consistent bolt for me. I've been happy with it. Is the a tips anything else, Greg? We're good. Yeah, and I guess we could kind of touch off of what Tate was just talking about a little bit about the strategy that they played in the match. Um, this is definitely a different match where you could win stages and win uh, or win the match. Um, how did you guys game the match? And when you, you know, I think you mentioned, Tate, you changed gears. How do you change gears from trying to win a stage versus trying to, to, to win the match? Oh, the I never changed different. that gear. It was it was different, wasn't it? Like whether or not time was a factor for one versus the other. Right. So I, I went into the match thinking it was going to be a high percentage hit match, and especially after the first two stages, because I thought those were pretty. I would have bet if if you know there hadn't been the wow factor in this match or the time, I would I would have bet you know fourteen guys out of a twenty would have cleaned the first two stages or or nine or tens. So I thought, man, this is going to be a high hit percentage match. So I kept on my fast game plan. And about stage eight, well, through stage three through eight, uh, you know, I was dropping a few points. I thought, man, if I was shooting slow, these are going to be hard stages. So I started trying to hit targets. You know, the targets were pretty small. So I went from the mindset where a clean in the fastest time was going to maybe dropping one or cleaning was going to win, period, no matter what the time was, because the stages were so difficult. Yep. How, how about you, Robert? How do you, how do you game it from – stage wins versus match wins i was i was never going to go for speed i was going to go for my hits the whole time and and me and gaming just don't go together so <laughs> i'm just going to roll with it and that was a plan but like i said just trying not to puke and get sick on the stage <laughs> my mindset was totally different i just don't was, puke don't puke don't puke don't puke pull trigger no hey, that 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 would have been good for the camera though shooting usa was there is like look how tense the ag <laughs> cup is King, the king is throwing up. It's so it's so tense <laughs> over here. I wasn't worried about puking. I just try not to puke on camera on the stage. I didn't want to uh, contaminate the uh, props or any barricades like that. So I did it more for the other <laughs> shooters. But I heard a lot of other shooters contracted it on the way in. So I got to affect them one way or the other. See, that's one way to game it. Just shoot first every stage. You know, throw up as soon as you're done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I, I gotta say something here. Uh, yeah, yeah, the uh, the the facility where we stayed had to throw away Brantley's mattress when we were done. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was cleaning up. I was cleaning up the targets a couple of days later, and I saw I saw a mattress go flying up when the cabins home to the back of a trailer and bedding and and uh, but but he told him if I were you, I would just throw that mattress away. Dude, in all reality, his whatever it was went through everybody on my crew and yeah. me in a certain extent. Um, and I, it was one of those things. We went from this and waited a day, and then we went to South Florida for the low cap nationals for USPSA. And, you know, it was one of those deals. It's like, you got to deal with it. You got to, you got to do the, you got to do the, the emodium dance and make it happen, man. Matthew yeah. Troska couldn't even make it all the way in, and he didn't have that far of a drive. He had to rent a hotel room halfway there and stay there <laughs> to get it out of his system because he couldn't drive. So nasty. Wow. 
terrible. Yeah. Hey, Henry, I, go ahead, before, go ahead. We, before we go, I know it's cool to talk about, you know, being sick and all. But, uh, you know, I'm listening to these guys talk about the match. You know, I didn't – I set this match up, and I wanted it to be uh, – I wanted it to be challenging. But here's the deal. It turned out way harder than I intended because we don't get wind in South Georgia. I mean, it, if we do, we got a, a three. You shoot one stage, you've got the wind figured out for the whole day. And because we had fronts coming through and – I mean, we had mm -hmm. 10, 15 mile an hour winds and it changed throughout the day. And it, I mean, it was from your right slowly in your face now from your left. I mean, it just, it made it way harder than I intended. I'm kind of glad it did because everybody down here going, yeah, well, it was AG Cup and it was too easy. But, uh, you know, it just turned out to be, uh, I think the right balance uh, for the level of these guys and what they kind of expected and what they deserve uh, almost by accident. But I want to say this, too, and I've been dying to ask these guys this question. Tate went fast on the first stage, and we went to the two easiest stages in the matches in the match first because the rest of the stages were undercover and it was supposed to rain. And we're like, okay, we'll do these two first, and they were the absolute easiest stages. Most, uh, you know, not just these guys, but a, a normal shooter could clean those stages. and take A semi-pro could clean it. A spro probably, you know, I'm just going to say a spro might have cleaned those in proofing, you know, so if you didn't clean it, you know, whatever. But, uh, but anyway, those, those stages weren't, weren't hard. And I expected to see guys just burning it down. We actually called one of the stages still challenge because I expected it to kind of go bang, 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 you know, bang, roll the boat, bang, roll the boat, bang. These were big targets at three to four. 450, you know, and it was designed to make them run. And some of the stages were designed that if they tried to get all the shots off, I know they were going to miss. And if they got all hits, they're probably going to get seven shots off on a nine round stage. And it, and some of it worked the way I thought. And some of it totally blew my mind. I'm like, these guys, why is everybody going slow? That Somebody should be winning a, a thousand bucks here. You know, it, it was just, it, it really, you know, we were – after the first couple of stages, I looked at John Scouting and uh, Sykes and George were all standing there, and I'm like, what the hell's going on? These guys are acting weird. We felt like you guys were shooting out of character. This first so you feel like the pressure affected more than what you feel they're saying no, they felt saying, it did necessarily, not, that they I'm were – their mindset was different. I'm not saying it was pressure. I'm saying it was – I, I've shot with everybody here many times, and the way they approached those first few stages of the day was different than they would approach any other stage, I believe, by watching them. Uh, I don't remember Tate's run, but the guys I watched, it was it was kind of weird. It, the, it was almost like they were in slow motion. It's like playing slow motion $6 million man when you're a kid. You know, it's like, watch me move my well, ball. It was just... It was I, can speak, I can speak know. to Tate's run on Steel Challenge because it's one of the ones you're going to see in the show. And he mentioned it earlier. He was talking about what's the, you know, I shot this stage. I felt like I was quick, but I was smooth. And then Austin Orgain came through and beat me by less than a second. The difference between what Austin did and what Tate did is Austin held off in his reticle. Tate dialed only once so Tate talk to this because it seemed to me like you held off for the first couple of targets 
you dialed, shot the far targets, dialed back to the original dope, held off, dialed once, and then after your second position, you know, the time loss and the time difference between you and Austin in an analysis standpoint is virtually nil. I mean, there's like quite literally no difference in time. So do you feel like you could have been faster if you had a chance to do it again? Would you have done it differently? And it's actually funny you notice that because, um, you know, I wanted my points, um, but I also wanted to be fast. So there were five targets and I dialed for my second target, held under on the first one, over on the third one. And I dialed my fourth target, held the fifth target. Well, then when I dialed back, I had all the dope down on my, on my hand for all five targets. I accidentally dialed to the first target. And instead of going back up and dialing for the second target, doing the same thing, I got off rhythm and I just dialed, you know, three more times instead of dialing twice per run. And that one extra, you know, reach up there cost me a thousand dollars. I mean, that is the reality. <laughs> wow. There you go. Look, that's the first stage of 20. Yep. Yep. Um, there we go. We were hinting at the video or that there's an AG cup video that the sh uh, shooting USA is kind of putting together. John, you want to kind of lead us into that? Yeah. Let and me talk we'll, about that a little we'll bit. Show it. Yeah. Um, so knowing that this was happening tonight and all of this is going together in our edit base, I went in uh, with my primary editor for this project and I said, I know it's rough. I know you're not ready to share it with the world, but give me an in point and give me an out point pull 90 seconds out so I can show them what I'm trying to do. And honestly, all of the guys know this, what I'm trying to do here is make personalities, give the audience, whether people know Tate Streeter, Jake Vivert, Brandon Hembry, or, or any of these guys, whether they've met these guys or know them or know who they are, they need to have an understanding that there's a lot on the line here. These guys all either have, jobs in the industry or have regular day jobs, but they're all people and they all have a different approach to this type of competition. They're, just, they're not just dudes in jerseys covered up. So the idea here is not only to get a feel for everybody and, you know, know who they are and where they're from, but also know more about their equipment. And this is a very focused little 90 second clip out of what we're working with. But, uh, you know, it's an interesting thing, and you'll get a little personality out of this, especially from Robert Brantley, my man. So yeah, go ahead. It because if you don't know these guys, or you're not in the game, and you're just watching because you enjoy the entertainment value, you're gonna kind of gravitate to your favorite shooter. You right. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, hey, I just like Robert Brantley because, hey, that intro, I like his swag, and all of a sudden I'm rooting for him. But, Who doesn't you know like I mean? Robert Brantley? Right? You know yeah, what I mean? I don't. It's there, were a lot of people, there were a lot of people didn't like him the week after. But it's like, it's almost, even though it's not, you know, it's like these real, reality TV shows, you know, all of a sudden people just start rooting for this one individual. They don't know him worth the damn. But there you go. I'm digging it. So we're going to pull up that video, right, Greg? Yep. So let's see. Share screen. You guys all see? Yeah, it's about to go. Yeah, my name is Dan Jarecki. I'm from North Texas. Ken Sanofsky. I'm from Kennerdale, Pennsylvania. My name's Dave Preston, and I live in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, my name's Jake Vivert from Cheney, Washington. Uh, John Bench, uh, State and Warden. Keith Baker, Akron, Ohio. 20 individual competitors from all over the country, all with gear that wins. And as you would assume, there are some parallels. For sure. Six of the 20 choose a chassis, predominantly MPA. The other 14, they're in stocks. Nine of them from foundation, the rest from manners. 
It's interesting, but what about caliber? Uh, so I shoot a six millimeter dasher. My dad shoots a six dasher, and that's what he builds most most of the time. So I just go with it. I don't know why they associate me as as the dasher guy in such a way. Uh, this is six dasher. Uh, I switch back and forth a lot between the six dasher and six creed one, depending on the style of match and stuff you're shooting. So it's creed, and the girl that brought me to the dance, I didn't even show it with her. I built a brand new gun for this match, which is the biggest no no. Never changed gear at the last minute. I changed from the <laughs> new parts of the T5A uh, thumb hole stock that I used to shoot with Gap 6GT. Um, normally, <laughs> for the last two and a half years, I've shot six Creedmoor. Um, I shoot Clay's cartridge company, Ammo, and uh, he had this 6GT loaded up. And he was like, man, give this thing a try. And I said, okay, no problem. There we go. There you nice. go. Yeah, so that was, I mean, that awesome. was the play. And that was, we spent the entire first day before we ever fired a shot down range, really spending time talking to these guys, asking questions. And, you know, that's just a little bit of how that played out. When we get into the courses of fire, obviously none of these guys had any idea what the courses of fire entailed, what they were going to be seeing. But I had an idea ahead of time. I also had an idea about the fact that the rain was coming. So I was preloaded with some questions about things I knew was going to happen. Had I had an opportunity for an after action interview, like what Tate and I just did, where I asked him about that first course of fire where I saw you dial once and he gave me a better understanding of what he actually did. Those are the kind of things that are going to make this even better when it comes to a television production next time. And that's for me, the learning curve as the producer behind this. That's awesome. We definitely know a lot about learn, learning curves as the start of this episode could kind of show. Um, when can we expect to see this on live TV? Aha, we have a firm air date and Tom and I were round and round about this. Uh, we have been absolutely pressed to the wall to make this thing happen. And we even, Tom will attest to this, got together on a Sunday to shoot the gun room segments where he and I are in front of the monitor and uh, the monitor and the scoreboard play a big part in this story because you'll see a lot of action happen where, you know, reporting on what guys have done here or guys have done there, whether it was good or it was bad, a lot of that will happen in the graphic on that monitor. But uh, we will have this delivered to the network in time for them to run their ENO and all of the things that they do, which takes a little over two weeks. So this will run on its debut Wednesday, the 29th of January. Awesome. So the last time, um, I think it was a gap grind when you guys were out there and uh, I kind of wanted to see myself on TV. I had to like ask around and post in Facebook groups until I found someone that had the outdoor channel and then begged to go over to his house at night to, to go and watch. Um, is that still the, the way I have to do it, or is there other ways to see this? Well, I mean, to answer your question, the, the Shooting USA is the anchor hour in Wednesday night at the range on Outdoor Channel. It is, that's where we make our bread and butter. That's our staple. That's what makes Shooting USA Shooting USA. At the same time, the Outdoor Channel and the Outdoor Sportsman's group recognize the fact that times are changing. People cut cable. They are losing cable subscriptions on a 
exponential basis, unfortunately. They have embraced that and they have created MyOutdoorTV.com, which is a subscription-based streaming service. Think of Netflix for everything you see on any of the OSG networks, from fishing to any of the hunting shows to any of the shooting sports shows. All of it is there. Our entire library since we went HD is in the MyOutdoorTV.com streaming app. It's a subscription per month. It's right around the same kind of money you spend to subscribe to Netflix. Um, in addition to that, we've been blessed with the opportunity to offer a streaming service of our own on ShootingUSA.com. You can click there and ride through a link to our own Vimeo channel that allows you to stream individual episodes and do a monthly subscription basis, which allows you to see our entire play queue. Um, that's something that is very new for us. It's a few months old. It's getting a little bit of traction as we go along. It's more popular, especially after shows like the Bianchi Cup come up because of the international flavor that's there. The Australians especially all like to be able to see themselves and can't otherwise watch our show in any format, even if we were to send them a DVD. They can't watch that because of the international differences in the way things play back, and that's as good as I can explain it. But if people don't have cable or don't have MyOutdoorTV.com access or don't want to spend the money it costs to be on MOTV, you can go to ShootingUSA.com. Right on the top of the page, there's a streaming banner. You can click that. If you want to watch this episode, Wednesday the 29th will happen. Thursday the 30th, it'll be up there and available. You can watch it. Costs 99 cents. I mean, awesome. everybody's, got, everybody's got 99 cents. 99 cents. Yeah, Man, 99 cents. I know it's crazy. It's 99 but cents. That's that part of it. money you know and gas I spent. Well, it's one of those things. If it were up to us, you'd just be able to get it. But it's part of the contract. So that's how it lives. Yeah. Yeah, getting Shooting USA on – on more mainstream channels. I mean, especially in today's political climate, I always kind of been on the show talking about, man, we need to get this on like ESPN or something like that. I would love to see, you know what I mean? Shows on a shooting show on that channel. I mean, it used to be back. What was it? Early nineties, eighties mm -hmm. deal. And man, those were entertaining to watch today. 100% Anthony, you nailed it. In 93, American Shooter, the first time any shooting sports was shown on television. The face of that was Jim Scouten. Uh, that was on ESPN Saturday morning, 8.30 Eastern time. Dude, everybody who gets ESPN can watch it. Here's where that becomes a rub. For American Shooter to work, they have to have industry sponsorship. ESPN, as a national level network, becomes acquired by the Disney Corporation. The Disney Corporation says there will be absolutely no firearms advertising of any kind on any of our networks. And at that time, that show was completely carried by Colt. And Colt and the producers of American Shooter, Jim included, came up with an idea to, at that time, because in 93, there wasn't a really prolific internet, offer catalogs. So you would dial, you would see a commercial at the end of segment one that said, call now and get your commercials for, or get your catalogs for all of the Colt offerings. And in those, it was Colt swag like shirts and hats and apparel and different things like that and the next catalog underneath that in the commercial was the Colt catalog of firearms and that was how they that was how they successfully fulfilled the advertising agreement with Colt for the years they were on ESPN 
which ultimately that died out because people at Disney and people at ESPN high up are like, all right, we see what you're trying to do. And that's when that show landed on the Nashville network. Ultimately that evolved into TNN, then OLN, and then the Outdoor Sportsman's Group and Outdoor Channel, which is owned by Stan Kroenke, who is wealthy enough to pay for his hobbies, which include big game hunting. And he is not about to bend to anybody's anti-2A standpoint. So the OSG and all of their networks are going to be the place you're gonna see the shooting sports. The idea that we're gonna get the shooting sports shown anywhere else is, uh, it's a challenge that ultimately comes down to dollars. And without making this too long a speech, I can tell you that we, as our company and Shooting USA, have danced with two different out of industry companies. One that uh, has so much money it wouldn't even scratch the surface of their advertising budget. The other that's everywhere and I guarantee you've had their product and you've eaten it. Ultimately, they as family owned businesses are pro two way and ultimately they take advice from their attorneys and other advertising people that are involved with how they spend their millions of dollars nationally. And they see it as even though the two way audience is so loyal, it's not worth the negative press when the anti two way audience sees that they support something like what we all do. And it's worth less money to them to not have to fight the negative side of the fence by being involved in something like this. And when you get to the question about how do we get the shooting sports on back on ESPN, you're, you're never going to beat the Disney channel or the Disney corporation. When you ask the question, how are you going to get the shooting sports on Fox? I mean, ultimately you go up the chain until you hit the high, high end advertisers and those high end advertisers, if any of them, I mean, and you can run down the list, just Google anti second amendment corporations and you'll start with companies like Levi's and I don't know what's the ketchup company and the other ones, you'll start to find where the money gets spent. And if that money doesn't get spent, with those networks, those networks are just simply going to be like, it's not worth it for us to do this. And so that's why we all kind of have to circle our wagons and keep all of our boats afloat within our industry. Those companies that can tap or those events that can tap out of industry money are the ones that number one, have the chance to really succeed. I don't want to get too preachy on this because we're not here to talk about how the industry works and how advertising works, but it's a challenge as far as getting this thing out in a, in a, what would be considered a mainstream network. Yeah. we got a couple live ones. What do you got? Yeah. Christy Hembry wants to know what time is the show airing, which I thought was a good question. Okay. So that Wednesday night, uh, our show airs 9 PM Eastern time and then airs again at 9 PM uh, Pacific for my friends out on the West coast, Jake included. Uh, yeah. so, there are uh, multiple opportunities for you all people to watch. And then um, Sam asked about what the part time was for every stage. And I thought that might be something that a lot of people wanted to know. So I thought we'd ask it and Tom did answer it in the, in the comments, but it's 90 seconds, correct? That's correct. And, and here's why I did that. So I was, I wanted 
fast bar times because, hell, it's Stagey Cup, you know, make it hard for these guys. But I wanted a lot of movies, and I wanted the competitors to have choices. And so as long as they had choices, uh, they could do it several different ways. And as we proofed it, we're like, you know what? Everybody's going to time out on this unless we make it a 90-second stage. So we, I was like, just make them all 90 seconds. That way, the guys that want to take their time and get hits can, can do that. And the guys that want to go speedy and win $1,000 one stage at a time can do that as well. So it worked out in the end, I guess. That's pretty good. So the big question of the hour, Tom, I think, uh, as soon as Shannon put out the new uh, PRS 2020, you know, they updated the website with all the 2020 information. As soon as that came out, there was just like a buzz everywhere about the AG Cup and, oh, how's the series going to be? Now there's an AG Cup series. So tell us a little bit about how that AG Cup series is going to run and how do you qualify for the AG Cup? Where is it going to be held? All that stuff. I don't know shit about it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Okay, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know a little bit. Uh, all right. So here's the deal. So, you know, you listen to some of the guys talk about it, you know, Jake and, and Tate and, and Brandon talk about the match and, and Robert and what their guys were saying about it. And they're like, you know, you knew this was different. You knew it felt different. You knew you were, you know, you showed up, you got this embroidered bag, it's a ton of swag and, and uh, the food. And, you know, and, and you asked earlier, Jennifer, like, how did you pick the, the people? It's like, well, you know, we picked the people based on merit. And we wanted the right people there because we wanted to validate what we were doing. But also the people that were here at, that, that competed in this and that were here helping me run this too, were also people that were influencers in this community. And I wanted to see, I wanted everybody to feel like this is different. This is different. And there was a different feel for it. Uh, and and that, that came across because Tate runs matches and Hembry runs matches and and, uh, you know, I, I just, all, everybody that were a part of, so many mass directors that were competing here, so many of these guys are, are influencers. And so I want them to know, and they got it. I think they did. They got what it is. And, and we're already seeing, I've just, while somebody else was talking, I was uh, not paying attention. I was scrolling. It's $5,000 given away to another match. And then there's, there's like matches giving away money now because this has got to happen. And, uh, and it's going to continue to grow. But how it's going to work next year? So we picked the people, and I think uh, the people that we picked to shoot this, uh, I think it's been validated. They all did well. And, uh, and based on how they finished out the, the NRL season, the PRS season, validates the people that were in the, the AG Cup. But next year, the PRS is going to run it because they're national. They're all over the country. We've got matches all the way from uh, California all the way back over to the East Coast in Tennessee for AG Cup qualifiers. So it's going to kind of run like a regional qualifier. If you shoot three AG Cup qualifiers, your top three scores qualify you for the AG Cup. So the PRS is running that. And I'm glad because I don't want to arbitrarily have to pick again because I'm not good at math. And everybody's going to call me out on how that works. And, you know, he shouldn't have been there. He should have been there. Anyway, it, it all worked out. It's good. However, uh, the AG Cup is mine. I can do however I want to do it. And I told Shannon, like, this is my match. It's not going to be a PRS match. It's going to be the, just the match however I feel like running it. If You know, I've thought of everything from letting everybody bring as many guns as they want. I mean, a golfer has a bunch of clubs. 
There could be a two-mile stage, and there could be a, you know, a 400-yard, you know, barricade stage. Pick which gun you think is going to win that stage for you. We're not going to do that. It was just an idea, but there's a million ideas. But me and Scout has talked a lot about it, and uh, John has a lot of good ideas about how to keep the – how this started, you know, the whole intent of this, and to, to push the sport forward to make it good and make it TV-worthy and to continue to bring people in to support the event and support the support the sport as a whole so uh the competitors next year will be chosen through the prs and uh we want to i can't fill in all the blanks just yet but if i'd listened to christy i would have had all these filled in yet uh, already but i don't uh, <laughs> but, uh but we want to make it larger and and i i really have the idea and this will be out soon because i know people are signing up now for the AG Cup, and I feel like I owe them a little bit of uh, clarity on what they're signing up for. But I would like to do something like to involve more people, but to make it TV friendly, it's got to neck down. And John's got to be able to focus on the top people to say, these are the guys that you got to look at, and those personalities go forward. So what if we had a three-day match and we had 50 people, and every day was almost like the World Series. After day one, it cut to the top 25, it was a whole nother match. Everybody starts at zero. And after day two, it goes to the top 10. And the third day is the top 10 shooters in one match. Everybody's starting back at zero. So you got to bring it every day. Um, and, and, but, you know, that's just one idea that we have. And uh, we'll figure it out. And, and uh, within the next couple of weeks, we're going to have, you know, the outline put out. So the people that are involved in this are going to understand what to expect for the 2020 AG Cup. However, the AG Cup uh, qualifiers all through the country, you're paying up to shoot that. And every one of those is money payouts. Uh, it's more expensive, but if, if you feel like you can do it, you're going to get paid. You know, it's going to be, you're going to be cash. You're going to be solvent through the AG Cup, not just trying to, trying to win it. And uh, so is everybody, is all you guys like Jake, uh, Brandon, Robert, Tate, you guys all going to do it again next year? Yeah, I'm signed up for it. Uh, I have, I'm running one of the AG Cup matches, so thanks for selecting me to, you know, kind of uh, help you help you out with that. So I got to find some more matches to go to. I have a couple on my calendar. Still need to get one more, but yeah, I'm I'm really uh, excited about it. Great, I'm going for everyone I can. I'm absolutely going to sign up for it. That's that's going to be my main goal next year. I'm still on the fence. Well, hey, it's worth noting and pointing out to all of y'all when we come across events that Shooting USA is already going to be covering that happen to be AG Cup qualifiers, there will be a certain element involved there with regard to hey, you're here, you're shooting this, and you've paid into the AG Cup qualifier, not just you guys, of course, but anybody who has. I'm going to be looking for those people and not necessarily going to ruffle feathers, but at least going to ask the question, what do you think you're doing? How's it going to go for you? And that will be reported. Yeah. Yeah. No pressure guys. Uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, I know, I know the match like this couldn't cut, you know, couldn't be, couldn't come together without sponsors, right? How valuable were those sponsors? And is there any in particular that you would like to, like to thank Tom. Yeah, man, for sure. So, you know, um, it, it, it's just, it's kind of, you know, it's the weirdest thing. You know, the biggest 
thing I didn't like about running a match, and I guess everybody that's running a match is like, you got to have sponsors. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, you know, uh, you know, I want to back up a little bit, talk a little, just real quick, I want to mention something. You're running a match that you're giving away 50 grand roughly. With last year, 41. Next year's going to be more than that. We think we can give away significantly more. And one of the biggest things these guys are concerned about is, is it going to be during the rut? I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, it's for real. That's hey, look, a real hunt, question. Yeah, I know, man. I hunt too, and I'm all about it. But here in Georgia, you know, we have a four-month hunting season, so it's not that big a deal, you know. Uh, you know, you miss a few days here and there. So I've learned I've learned to make it work for everybody. Um, but, yeah, so we did this, and uh, I, I really tried in, in, in talking to sponsors to go, hey, this I, I tried to, to make them understand the vision for this. I tried to make the, the competitors understand the vision for this. I tried to make uh, everybody understand the vision for what this is going to be and what it can be for our sport in general. And having John on board was a big deal. And I know that helped the sponsors get on board. However, you know, some of the, there were six companies that, that, that stepped up really big and says, man, we want to come in really hard and be a tier one sponsor and, and go above and beyond and not only pay a thousand dollars out to everybody, but also help, uh, just overall run the match with the venue and the food and all this stuff. And the first one, he's right here on the thing is Tate. He's pulled up right now. I'm looking at him. Uh, Tate, owner of Impact Actions. And uh, I don't know how many impacts were in the match. Tate, you know? Ten. Ten. ten okay. The top 20 guys are 10 Impact Action shooting. And he came in on the match as a tier one sponsor. And uh, and I hope it was worth it for him. And uh, and and I, I was super happy to have him. Uh, Hornady. Uh, Hornady came in as a tier one sponsor, Foundation Stocks, which there were six of the competitors running Foundation Stocks. Is that right, John? That's right. All right, six of the competitors running Foundation Stocks. Kestrel came in as a tier one sponsor, which 100% of anybody that's ever shot a gun past 100 yards probably has one. Uh, Hoppies, uh, great friends of ours, great friends of pretty much everybody that does this sport. Uh, they were there. And APA, American Precision Arms who are known for their their uh, Fat Bastard and Little Bastard breaks uh, were also tier one sponsors. There were 20 other sponsors that came in at various levels, but those are the ones I wanted to highlight because those guys really came in, stepped up big, and made this event what it was. And, uh, and my, my hope is certainly that through things like this and John's show uh, that it's worth it for them and they're going to be chomping at the bit to come in again next year. Here we go. Do you have uh, dates for the match? Whoa. Yes, I do. Christy, what are they? Brandon, Hembry. Do you know? What? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's supposed to be Halloween or somewhere close to Halloween weekend. Uh, yeah, actually, I think it is going to be Halloween because here's the deal, y'all. Uh, we had dates uh, because we're trying to deconflict with the PRS because they were running the qualifiers for us. Uh, it was during the rut, and then some of the guys that we definitely want to be there that shot it last year uh, couldn't make it. And this sport revolves around kind of hunting. And uh, uh, so it's going to be Halloween weekend. So I know some guys are like, hey, I got little kids that want to go trick-or-treating. I want to take them. I understand that, but there's probably going to – They're going to go trick-or-treating for like 20 grand. I mean – Yeah, I mean, well, there's probably going to be 70, 75 grand – up for grabs next year. That's what we're shooting for. You Whoa. said what? 
Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Wow, I need to learn how to shoot more better, more faster. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to go dry fire. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> hey, can, can we cut to Jake's check there? Uh, can we can we go to Jake? <laughs> if we can make Jake there. Uh, Jake, you got the check somewhere in there, but it says $20,000 on it, so you're That's in right. there. So next year, Jake, if you can do a twofer, uh, that thing, I'm hoping it'll say 50000 Oh, and I love that, that, obviously. And that that's and, and if you think about it, guys, uh, that's it's a lot of money. Well, yeah. and, you know, here's you know, here's the deal, too, is that we put in a thousand dollars of our own money. <laughs> so that, that, that comes out of our pockets. But, you know, when we are able to, to perform well, that twenty thousand is is giant for, you know, for a guy like me. I got, you know, a wife and two little girls. I got a small business um, and. It's just it's just a giant leg up. So uh, you know, for all the coordination, for for all the advertising dollars, for all that kind of stuff, um, you know, that's that's what a real sport is about. It's the same thing golf does. You know, you have a million dollar purse on on golf. You know, that that's that's sponsor money. That's advertising money. And and so they're able to feed their families and do that. And so a lot of people they'll say, well, you know, it's it's not necessarily all about the money. Well, it it, it might not all be about the money. But man, it sure helps put food on the table, and so it's a giant blessing to you know be able to shoot for that and and you know work hard and you know some of the hard work does pay off. So again, thank you to you guys for for setting all that up. And yeah. start start getting a lot of friends from you, that you used to know in fifth grade, <laughs> middle school, high school, sending your friend requests all of a sudden, and you're gonna be yeah. like, hey, let me get a thousand, buddy. Remember? Yeah, Remember exactly. I got, Remember I drive you. The skip class that day? No. Greg no, Moore no. says it's October 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Is that correct? No. no. <laughs> we can <laughs> Shout out Greg Moore. Uh, inaccurate information. <laughs> there we go. I, but shout out Greg Moore as the still photographer for the PRS and the AG Cup. Thank you, Greg Moore, for your assistance and your help, sir. Yeah. Uh, Tom. Uh, the website for the AG Cup, and obviously you can follow AG Cup on all social media platforms. Just type in AG Cup on Facebook, yada yada, right? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, there's not a there's not a website for AG Cup. Uh, we do we have a Facebook page, AG Cup, and everything's on there. It is Halloween weekend, and Greg, that's a very honest mistake because Shannon put that out there without asking me first. So, uh, shout out I, Shannon Smith, president day. of the PRS. And yeah, we, we, we could have done it those dates, but because it was Shannon, I just had to, like, no, sorry, I can't do that. Just because I had to move it, you know, just to kind of stand dominance. That was dominance. There we go. But no, Shannon, I, I hope this thing turns out great for the PRS as well and the shooting sport as a whole. And so far, I think so. So, so, yeah, there we go. I think we're going to wind this one here to shout down the shout outs unless we have any live that came in. No, Greg, Jen, good. We're good. We're good. Yeah, no, no, I have vision seeing a lot of these guys back on the show so we can get to talk to them a little bit, bit more individually. Um, so we'll try to get you guys. We'll coordinate that. Uh, but this one here was all about the AG Cup. Uh, we appreciate you guys, man, really coming on here. I know we had some delays, probably run a little bit later than you thought you would. So thank you guys for coming on. And we'll kind of wind this one here to down to shout-outs. Tom, you kind of got yours out, so we'll just go to Robert. What do you got shout-outs, man? 
What a shout out. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Let's some shout outs. What you got? Man, huge thanks to Manor Stocks, obviously, Hornady, Bartline, Bushnell, Badger, all the people that hooked me up. Can't thank them enough. Trust them every day and don't look like I'm changing next year. So I'll see y'all there with the same same stuff next year. Yo, Tate, what do you got? Man, a uh, huge shout out to Impact. Those guys over there are really good guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Hornady. Um, you know, the A-tips are awesome. Uh, Foundation Stocks, Hawkins Precision, and Blaze Cartridge Company. Go, Brandon, what do you got? Man, I got uh, back at Tate again for Impact Actions. Uh, Joe Walls for Exodus Rifles. Um, APA for the brakes, of course. Tom and Armageddon Gear for supplying the best swag on the on the planet, the best soft gear there is out there. Um, you know, of course, Foundation uh, has been a big part of, in, in mine. So, man, huge shout out to John and, and Amy over, over there, um, and anybody else, Bix and Andy, um, been pretty good. I'm gonna send another one to GA Precision, who also showed up to help. Yo, John, what do you got, buddy? Dude, shout out to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, before I say anything else. All the glory That's to right. God. That's what I'm talking about. Everything else is second. Uh, thank you to Jim Scouten for putting Shooting USA and the shooting sports in front of people for 26, almost 27 years. And from there, big shout out to Armageddon Gear and Tom Fuller, the man of action who made this happen. I'm a little bird that said, hey, I can do it if you can do it. and Had no idea who I was tying my little boat to. So... I'm thrilled. I can't wait for y'all to see it. Uh, if you don't see it on Outdoor Channel, shootingusa.com, and you can watch it the following Thursday. Um, Jen, what do you got? Uh, Prime Ammunition for great making great ammo. They have made in the USA now, doing some crowdfunding, some different things, so check them out. McMillan Stocks for a gorgeous, beautiful A-10 gun. Uh, Night Force Optics, Warren, Scope Mounts, uh, under Industries for great jerseys. Check them out. Uh, Veteran-owned. Shooters of Augusta and Sharpshooters of Augusta. Dang. Uh, that's some pro-shooter sponsors right there. List of sponsors there from Jen. Hey, and I enjoyed Greg's match a lot. And, like, I came in second by one impact. Uh, Bang! One <laughs> impact. I would have won the match. But um, I might or might not have beat the match director with his rifle. Ouch! She she did quite Arr. badly. That's I'm not, I'm not even going to downplay how bad I shot. She shot awesome with. I don't have a twenty-two. Do it. You have a jersey, bro. I know, but her jersey has more things on it. Yeah, but if you have a jersey, I've got a zippo. Ah. <laughs> oh, I, hey, you you thought it was bad finding out you were you were spro. You, you know what I saw that day? I'm a marksman. <laughs> but here's the thing marksman didn't do anything unsafe marksman completed the course of fire exactly i can't say anything because he was my amateur the first year at gap grind they made me shoot pro and i was scared to death and i was like oh my god you have to be my amateur and he'd never shot long range so there's that yeah no i'm i'm, I'm still a still a newbie lat not what year is it 2019 not 2019 gap grind 2018 gap grind was my first long range match and like four months before no it was less than that probably three months before that was the first time i shot over 100 yards so there you go boom what do you got as far as shout outs though shout outs i have shooters and sharpshooters of augusta 
um, Overwatch Defense, PDC Custom, if you want like a super awesome lime green chassis. Normal colors are also available. Um, NDZ Performance, Phone Scope, uh, Shooter's World Powder, and Hunter's HD Gold. Okay. All right. Hey, let me second Hunter's HD Gold and PDC Custom. Solid. Hey, yes. Favorite, two awesome favorite to give a shout out. What was that? Jake, did, did Jake, did you shout out? Not yet. Nope. I'm just waiting for my call. There you All go, right. Jake. Go ahead. All right. Sounds good. I just want to give a shout out. Uh, U.S. Optics, obviously, my, my scope sponsor, Zero Delta Mounts. XLR chassis, uh, Alamo Precision Rifles, does all my gunsmithing, Curtis Custom Actions uh, for my action, uh, Benchmark Barrels, I run their new cut rifle uh, barrels, Hornady, obviously I run the A-tips, I already gave them a shout out, APA for my muzzle brakes, uh, Trigger Tech for my triggers, and Swanee's Comp Gear for making the best steak in the world. Dude, second Swanee's Comp Gear in the z Because you know he's watching, and he's like, hey man, you gotta give me a shout out. And I'm like, yeah, I will. Swanee comes in and he goes, talking about sponsors, he goes, dude, I want to cook steak. I'm like, all right, dude, you got to buy them, but you can cook them because I'm on it. So, I mean, that was just how the sponsors did for this event, man. And right. and, uh, and and they're already hitting me up for next year. It's going to be bigger. It's going to be better. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be more fireworks. Awesome. Big <laughs> yep. More fireworks. Yep. Who's in charge you know, of the fireworks? Last last shout out uh, for me would or I guess two shout outs obviously, John and his crew there. Um, just you know huge thank to you guys. Uh, I know it's a lot of work and and you guys are you know really going above and beyond. So thank you because that's going to help uh, you know drive the sport and it's going to help make a lot of shooters look really good. So uh, you know definitely thank you uh, for you, you and your crew and obviously Tom AG Cup um, owner of AG Gear and and it's you know the gear that I run as well. So I'm. I'm just super thankful for him for uh, putting together. Um, I think we got everybody. It's just me left, but just want to leave us with a tune. Robert, if you can play us a little tune on the guitar, man, and that'll do <laughs> oh, it. No. That'll yeah. do it for <laughs> episode. That'll do it for episode. It happens to be in two. I need Fuller up in here. <laughs> oh, uh, Fran is here. Yeah. That's my man right there. 280 of the Shooter's Mindset. Thank you guys for tuning in. Go ahead with it. See you, bud. Uh, Play it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Play it, Robert. Play it, Robert. Oh.